Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Korean food has become wildly popular in Las Vegas, but most of my dining experiences have been at Korean barbecue spots. You know what I'm talking about. The thrill of cooking a meaty meal over a grill built into the table, accompanied by a million sides. But is that all there is to Korean food? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I'm chatting with lead producer and former food writer Sonia Cho Swanson, who lived in Seoul for seven years. She's here to tell us that Korean food is so much more than barbecue and where you should go eat Korean food without the grill in Las Vegas. It's Thursday, May 18th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Morning, Sonia. Welcome to the show that you produce. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. <laughs> Hi, Vogue. So good to see you again. I'm excited to talk to you about Korean food today because I feel like you know so many more things than I know for sure. And one of the big components I think that that we learn about Korean food or where we see it the most in the U.S. is that it's Korean barbecue spots. So it's just like you go, you make your food on the thing, there's fire, there's noise. And oftentimes for the ones I've been in, there's hella hip hop music. So that's what I think about when I think about Korean food and the way that it's presented. But I know you actually have some beef with the barbecue. So can you tell me about that? Yeah, no, to be fair, I do actually like Korean barbecue. It's not on like anti-Korean barbecue. It's more that I think Korean barbecue is not really representative of Korean cuisine traditionally. And then I think I talked to so many people here in the U.S. and they're like, oh, Korean food, that's like barbecue, right? And I'm like, well, there's a lot more to it than just that, you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm always curious about all of the sides. Like I'm a sides person, even in soul food. Oh. Sides. Yes. Sides forever. So that is exactly where it's at, right? Because yes. if you look at the sides, there are a lot of like veg or seafood based sides. So those sides are called pantan and they come out with like pretty much every Korean meal. And that actually just points back to Korean cuisine has traditionally basically been mostly veg and seafood based. If you look at a map, go look at the map of Korea. What do you see? It's a peninsula surrounded on all three sides by ocean. Right. Right. So you've got the deep cold waters of the East Sea where people eat a lot of like big fish and crab. You've got the mud flats of the West Sea where people have a lot of like clams and crabs and well, other kinds of crabs. And it's just tons <laughs> and tons of seafood constantly in like everything. Then also it's a lot of like mountains where people will go and like pick wild greens. Then we've got soybeans and that makes all these fermented soybean products that are also protein heavy. Also, I think chicken is also pretty traditional in Korean cuisine and then sometimes pork because that can live in kind of relatively small areas, but not usually cattle. Like, Ain't no space for cattle to be grazing yes, across the thank dang peninsula. You. <laughs> yeah. And that and also because 
the the cattle were so important for like labor in the fields, right? So you needed that cow to plow your fields to plant your barley and rice. So if you had beef, it was like a special occasion or it was reserved for like the nobility or like the royal cuisine. So beef, as much as we see beef on the barbecue menus, historically, traditionally, it was not a huge part of the Korean diet. So would you say that Korean food in Vegas is really Americanized or is it close to authentic? That is such a great question because I actually struggle with that word authentic. It is Korean-American food and it is authentically Korean-American is what I would say. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And I think about that for lots of foods from different cultures where you get the ceremonial food and not the everyday food. Like even for soul food restaurants, like a lot of the things we eat will be like, this is what we eat for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm not eating. I'm not cooking greens every day. It's not going to happen. I love y'all. And no, no, so much work. Right. For sure. So how did we get to this place where most of the Korean restaurants in the U.S. are barbecue restaurants? I don't know that I have like a scientifically proven answer, but I have like my guesses. I think about market forces, like which restaurants succeed. And as exactly as you're saying, Vogue, like the ones that are showcasing like the celebratory fancy foods, the things that people like want to treat themselves to when they go out. I also think that restaurants serve like different social functions depending on like where they are. So, for example, if it's like a little canteen restaurant outside of a factory, maybe they're serving breakfast to factory workers who are on their way in or lunch to folks on their lunch break. Or there's a different social function for different restaurants. And when I think about the Korea towns of L.A., I think these restaurants were primarily like social gathering spaces. So a lot of times they were places for people to go out and celebrate and gather with their friends and treat themselves to stuff that they weren't going to necessarily make or do at home. And then also, like, when you think about what's available, oh, my gosh, Americans eat so much meat. <laughs> we have so much meat available to us. So when you think about the price of meat in Korea, at least traditionally, historically, versus the price of meat in America, wow, it's really different. In fact, when you look at globalization trends, as the world globalizes, there's been this huge shift in meat consumption worldwide. In fact, Koreans eat more meat now than ever back in Korea, like on the Korean peninsula. Over the last 20 years, the meat consumption in Korea has increased by 74 percent. And as of 2023, Vogue, as of 2023, Korea's per capita annual meat consumption literally outweighs its rice consumption. Whoa. Yeah. Koreans are eating more and more meat than ever. But here's what's wild. Koreans eat about half as much meat as Americans consume still. Okay, that's nuts also. Where in Vegas can people try something that's not Korean barbecue? Where can we get the good authentic things? The the alternatively authentic or the... Alternatively <laughs> authentic things. Another kind of authentic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I do want to point out that Korean barbecue is in its own way authentic. There is a tradition of eating meat in Korea, just not quite so much, I guess, is the way I'd put it. In the American excess way. (laughs) Yes. Right, right, right. Okay. So if if you're not into red meat or you just want to see a different side of Korean cuisine, the first place I'm going to point you to is seafood. So there's a um, certain kind of Korean raw seafood that's called hue, like H-W-A-E. Hue And sometimes it gets translated as sashimi, which is, you know, a Japanese word. I don't always love equating Korean words and Japanese words because actually hue in the Korean formulation is a little bit different. 
Japanese people tend to like age their fish slightly or let it rest so that the the muscles relax and it becomes a little more tender. Koreans tend to like take their hue and eat it fresh, so it's a little more chewy. And I think Korean people really like that chewy texture. However, I think the hue that you're going to get in Las Vegas, since we're not like on the ocean, is probably going to be a little more of the texture of sashimi. So, yeah, take take that as you will. Um, not to good? say that it's it's good <laughs> though. It's really if you like raw fish, you will like hue. It just comes with Korean sauces on the side, like gochujang, like that pepper sauce, you know, instead of a wasabi. So this is a place called Hue Mangnenal or Sashimi Day. It's at Di Indicator. And you can go either super high end, you can get like a course meal for two for $100 and they'll give you things like abalone and like different kinds of delicately cut raw fish, crab and all this sort of stuff. Or you can go the one off like entree route and you can get like a, a seafood rice bowl. So that basically like a bibimbap, but with like either um, you can choose, I think, a fish egg option or you can choose like the hue raw fish option for about $15. They also have this really spicy bowl of fish soup called meuntang. That's pretty good, I think. Although if you don't really like fish bone and fish innards, you might want to skip that one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, it's actually delicious. You just got to try it. That's if all I have to say. the word innards, I'm like, hmm, innards. <laughs> you know, waste no parts is the philosophy here, right? Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. That's multiple things off of that menu. What's your next recommendation? Okay, my next recommendation is a dish called sundubu. So sundubu is a really hot bubbling bowl of soft tofu stew. And my mom and I, our favorite place to get this is at a place called Mr. Tofu. It's on Spring Mountain in Arville. And tofu has different textures, right? You'll go to the grocery store and you'll see all the different textures. Extra firm. Yes, right, exactly. That's my type. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically just the water content of the tofu. And so sundubu is like the softest, like almost like pudding texture, creamy tofu. And I love it. It's my favorite. It's so good. It's just tender. And so what they do is they put it into a hot stone bowl so it comes out to your table like bubbling and like boiling hot. It's got broth. You can choose different flavors. You can choose like a seafood flavor. You can choose like a totally veg, like mushroom flavor. They'll give you an egg so you can crack an egg into the boiling pot of sundubu when you get it. So it cooks the egg in the stew. 
it's just it's so good. I, I really like that that dish at Mr. Tofu. I've been wanting to experiment more with tofu, so thank you for that uh, that recommendation because I'm down. I'm down to try. Yeah. And what's your mm-hmm. last one? Last recommendation. So my next one, there's a whole category of Korean food that's just for drinking. When you go with your friends and you're just like shooting back the soju, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called anju. Okay. And it's what you have when you're drinking. It's food because you don't really like, I think in America you can go out and you'll have a glass of wine or you'll like drink a whiskey or something. With Korean culture, you don't tend to just drink by itself. You try to like eat while you're drinking too. So um, Soyo Restaurant, which is down on Rainbow and Windmill, they call anju tapas on their menu, but it's just like the way that they translated it. They've got a couple of seafood things on their menu that are really fantastic. So there's a seafood stew, like a chungo it's called, a seafood stew that has mussels and fish cake. And it's just hot and boiling and bubbling. And it's just like, it might sound counterintuitive as a drinking food, but when you slurp up this hearty broth and then you have a little like beer or soju on the side, it just kind of works. The other thing that's a really popular anju or drinking food are savory pancakes. And they're just so delicious. Like they just get crispy and they're tender on the inside. So they have a seafood and scallion pancake, which has like a bunch of different kinds of like shrimp and maybe some mussel or some squid maybe. The other one that they have is a kimchi pancake. So if you like kimchi, try kimchi in a pancake and it is crisp and warm and toasty and so like pungent. It's so good. Yes. Yes. AJ will just eat kimchi straight. Like I will eat pickled ginger straight. Like I'll just eat. I'll if we go get sushi, then I'll take all of his ginger. <laughs> nice. But if we're going to get Korean food and there's kimchi, he's like, yeah, give me that. I'm like, sir, <laughs> I, I would like to balance out my dish, too. He's like, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> and it's just- addictive. <laughs> kimchi is so addictive. <laughs> yes. Speaking of veggies, I want to talk about Korean food for vegetarians because it sounds like there are actually some options. Can you tell me a few? I actually have to put an asterisk on that because... Yes, there are a lot of dishes that will, at first glance, appear to be meat-free. But in fact, seafood is so embedded into like the Korean life that even kimchi technically is not always technically vegetarian. So fish sauce is a huge ingredient. (laughs) It's the fish sauce. Yes, it is. It is. And also actually also fermented shrimp paste because they use like these tiny little shrimp that ferment and get really salty. And then you use that in the kimchi as well. So and then it's hard because a lot of the broths for soups have this base of like anchovy. So I think finding something that is like 100 percent totally meat free is really hard unless you go to like a specialty restaurant that specializes in like Buddhist cuisine for monks and because they can't eat any fish at all. It's like totally meat free. So it's a little tricky. Although I'd say if you are trying to go to a Korean restaurant with a vegetarian, call ahead, make sure that they have something on the menu that is totally meat free. And then actually also clarify maybe and just ask if their kimchi uses fish sauce or shrimp paste, because that's a traditional ingredient in most kimchi preparations. Mm -hmm. That you probably wouldn't even think about as you're adding it. Right, exactly. I've cooked things in beef broths before and been like, crap, I got to, you know, fix right. it and shift it around. Redo. So what part of Las Vegas's Chinatown has the most concentration of Korean food? Uh, it's hard because it is a bit spread out. I, I do think there is a small concentration around like Decatur, Arville. That's where a lot of the Korean spots are that my mom and I go to. There is also a small concentration over by the Greenland supermarket, a bit further west on Spring Mountain. But it's not like... We really have like 
a K-Town in Vegas, you know? Oh, there was actually also a small concentration in one shopping plaza where Soyo, that Korean drinking spot I mentioned, where Soyo is located on South Rainbow. So there's a little tiny concentration there in that shopping center. But otherwise, it's kind of, you know, a smattering here and there across the valley. I like that better. But do you think yeah. Vegas will develop its own dedicated K-Town? Uh, you know, maybe. But it's so hard to, like, imagine that happening just because Chinatown is so densely packed with such a variety of places, right? Like, you've got your Vietnamese restaurant next to, like, your Thai restaurant next to your Shanghaiese restaurant and your Korean spot. I mean, it's just such an amazing, like, beautiful blend. I don't know if I need it to change. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. I think for people's confusion. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I love the idea that you can go in, in different places and find multiple pockets. Right, right, right. So, Sonia, what's something important you hope listeners take away from this conversation? Huh. I think it's maybe like twofold. One is that I just really hope people don't paint overly broad strokes about any one national cuisine just because of how it's represented in the U.S., right? So what you see in the U.S. is not necessarily what people eat at home or what people in Korea are eating on a daily basis or traditionally have been eating. It's it's kind of a unique facet of an immigrant experience, also the way that a certain restaurant market has developed in the U.S. And so I think I remember reading one time in the New York Times, food writer Mark Bittman once said something like, oh, Korean food is all super spicy and pungent and like funky fermented, which is, yes, that's one big part of Korean flavor, but there's so many other facets to Korean food. There are really mild kimchis, for example, without any spice. There are regions in Korea that use very little spice. There are plenty of Korean dishes that have no fermentation kind of funky flavors that you can really discern. So it's just a lot more varied and diverse than our small sliver representation here in the U.S. And then I also kind of think a little bit about from like a Korean-American perspective. When my mom immigrated to the States, there was so much that she lost, right? So many of the ingredients and dishes and flavors and things that she just couldn't get at a restaurant here in the U.S. So I think a little a lot about the things you lose when you immigrate, but I also think about the things that you gain. And I think about the ways that Korean immigrants and immigrants of, of all backgrounds get creative with the ingredients that they find here. And I think about my mom and her Korean lady friends who picked up, you know, for example, the Mexican vegetable chayote. And they make these interesting soy sauce chayote pickles, which are amazing. Yes. You know, so I think about the things that you gain, too, from your from your new home. So that's mm. what I think about. Yeah. She also got you. So, you know. Yes, that too. Oh, yeah. Things from the move. Hey, mama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. All right. Well, Sonia, thanks so much for hanging out and sharing your knowledge with us today. I'll see you later. Thanks, Vogue. Well, this was so much fun. We'll go eat Korean food together. Yes, definitely. Before you go, a little news. Y'all, Clark County School District wants to sue Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and other social media platforms for promoting negative mental health among students. Numerous accounts run by kids bully others or document student fights. 
This will be one of many issues discussed at tonight's school board meeting. Meanwhile, on Tuesday, county commissioners voted to approve the creation of an Ethiopian cultural district around Twain and Decatur. With its many Ethiopian restaurants and markets, this area has been a cultural hub for the Valley's 40,000 Ethiopian residents. It will also be Clark County's first designated cultural district. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by rating it and leaving us a review. Then share this episode with a friend. Literally, go send it to them now. And make sure you're both subscribed to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. You know, when I grew up, my mom would make a meat dish for my dad, who is a white American, and then either give herself a very small portion of meat or go totally meat free for her what? dish because she just didn't grow up eating that much red meat. Oh, yeah. Just wasn't wasn't a huge fan. It's the family adjustment, though. She tried to give him what he he wanted. And totally. Then totally. She eats. And to be fair, my dad actually makes kimchi for my mom, too. So it, it goes both ways. I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Super cute. <laughs>